Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the local earshot. I'm your host, Mr. Brad Diggs. With me is Jonathan Grissom, as always. How's it going, man? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's, it's going. going. Yeah, got got pretty drunk last night. Oh, nice. We got Clayton McKenzie in with us today with uh, Gypsy Store Troubadours out of, and we've just got done talking about this, out of Oklahoma, the general area that is Oklahoma. Little story behind that, uh, not claiming, not claiming a, a, a general location there. Or? Well, the reason is, is because half the band is from Tulsa and the other half of the band is from Oklahoma City. So we generally just claim Oklahoma. And not one to claim either or the metro areas right well and, and you know we say this all the time that and one of the reasons we actually started the podcast is because oklahoma has an awesome talent pool <clears throat> some some amazing songwriters some great talent but it seems like it's so spread out that people generally only they they look at oklahoma city like you said is like this this place to be for music and it, it, it is got a hopping it's a hopping place but if you want to see the real eh, nice <laughs> my bad if you want to see like the the songwriters especially the songwriters that are winning the awards and in the and the uh, uh doing doing some of the work in the major recording stuff it's usually in and around the tulsa area it definitely is uh the history there in Tulsa. I mean, it's it's just thick with, uh, you got Leon Russell, you got oh, yeah. J.J. Kale, you've got Elvin Bishop, all of these that came out of Tulsa. And not just not just those names, but you have many musicians who have backed up big names that have come out of Tulsa. Yeah. This, the Tulsa sound, the Tulsa scene, it was just built on music. And uh, our last album we recorded with David Teagarden, who was... Bob Seger's drummer for several years. One nice. Grammy with him on Against the Wind. We uh, recorded with him this last album, and uh, he told us several stories, you know, would tell good stories about the days on the road. And used to, the musicians, when they played Oklahoma City, didn't stay in Oklahoma City. They actually stayed in Tulsa because they knew a bunch of people there. Right. And it was kind of their comfort zone, and that's where all the musicians kind of congregated to, was Tulsa. But Oklahoma City's got a great scene coming up now. You know, there's some more new venues popping up. It's, you know, I'd like to see what happens after COVID. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's exploding now. Anyways, I mean, <clears throat> we're 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 trying to find ways we can be more than one place at a time. Seems like trying to cover some, especially local shows. We like to give those guys as much heat as we can, and and even some national acts. You know. Uh, couple of bands out in california that we know one of them just got the opening spot for buck cherry tour and oh, through nice. the spring and so the you know, big things are happening it's it's that's why i say if you're bored on a wednesday night and you're bitching about being bored on a wednesday night i think it's a, more of a you problem because there's there's definitely things opening up oh there definitely is definitely you guys have have you how did you guys fare through COVID? i know we 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 met uh i guess y'all were looking for a, a guitarist at the time and we jammed a couple times maybe and it just didn't work out but it's just the nature of the beast but uh how how did you guys fare through covid because it was right on the hills around the time i met you guys it wasn't very long after that well it, it pretty much shut us down uh like i said uh you know we got half the band in tulsa half the band in oklahoma city well half the band that's in tulsa one of our guys is a respiratory therapist so mm. He was working in the COVID units and really didn't want to bring it around us. So it kind of shut us down quite a bit until the last few months. Yeah. yeah that's the same thing. My wife, she's working on the COVID floor and it was locked down until at least here, mostly recently with the, the vaccine. Now everybody seems like they're kind of finally getting their confidence back to go out in public. Not, I mean, mine never really went away, but... <clears throat> Neither did mine. <laughs> Neither did mine. So. We traveled across the U.S. and still, yeah, it, it, we made the best of it. So, well, I mean, I mean, as far as gigs lining up, I know you guys did the video for PBR, and we'll play that song because that's a good song. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it seemed like you guys were really on the uphill swing with the Tulsa Music Awards coming and you know, the success there, and then you know. It was pretty nice. Uh, like you said, uh, we won Best Video of the Year for last year from the Tulsa Music Awards for the video PBR. Yeah. Uh, it was really starting to get, we were actually booking quite a few gigs in Tulsa at the time, and it just went away. 
everything just went away. We had a festival plan. We were going to play. COVID hit. It's like overnight. It was overnight. Yeah. It just <laughs> went from here we have this momentum to nothing. Yeah. And it, it took a while to adjust to, and I don't think I've ever adjusted to it. But. And it, it, it's, it seems like it would, um, don't take this the wrong way. This is just kind of how I think. It, it seems like you guys' recipe for what y'all do is a little different from what I've seen with the guests we've had in that y'all had more of an online or internet presence more than a live presence. Uh, and that's a result of how our guys are spread out across the state. Mm. Uh, we tend to not play that many shows, and that was previous. Now we're planning to play more shows, but just getting everybody together. When you have half the band in Oklahoma City and half the band in Tulsa, it's really hard to have a gig on Friday night right. at 7. <laughs> so we try to do Saturday nights and do special gigs here and there. But we are, we're really, we're trying to get, trying to get our sound down. We're, we don't play very many covers. We're, we're pretty stay true to our own songs. Whether you like them or not, we're still playing them. Right. And that's how we are. You get an hour of, you know, the gypsy store troubadours instead of other people's stuff. So oh. <clears throat> there's, you know, that that's, I don't know, for, as a guy watching a band, to me, that's what I like to see. Go, go out there and do your thing. And if, if I don't like your music, that's just not my cup of tea, yeah. but I might, you know, I'll still respect somebody get up there and that does their thing and that's how I, that's how i am i, I want to see somebody take that leap yeah you know take it from your heart and your soul what you write out put it out there in front of people and it you might know. crash and burn we don't know you know <laughs> but there's always the chance that it might no. yeah so so it seems like y'all were kind of doing the, the the organization in a the covid way that most bands are having to do it now already i yeah. mean as far as trying to get everybody together people so spread out but luckily i guess with the way technology is nowadays you can sort of have those live meetings it's not the same yeah but you can get things done you know through skype or whatever zoom these well things. that's it you know we took technology and we've been doing this for a while since you know the the band spread out again. Yeah. So what's the easiest way to practice? I write a song, I record it, I send it to the guys. By the next time we're at practice, everybody knows their part. Yeah. And so we were able to send via, you know, social media and everything else, all of these things. And we can make that one practice day a week work. And I've seen a, like a lot of um, ads for these apps that are, uh, that are designed where, um, if a band member is out in like California and you're somewhere else that you can actually play live and it brings all the sound together into the, the app itself. Yeah. So then it just uh, makes the master recording or whatever, whatever everybody's doing, but it's, it's all distance. So you're, you're playing like on a, on a webcam to someone else and you're collaborating on webcam. Well, that it's sounds really, interesting. It's really different. I mean, I like, I, like I get a lot of ads cause of, uh, everything that we do with the, uh, the podcast, I hang out with a lot of DJs and a lot of music people, so I get a lot of ads that are geared toward all these different products that that everybody uses for the industry now. So I have to look at that because yeah. right now all I do is shoot a video of myself playing the song. I'm pretty low tech. I told you all I was techno techno ignorant. Dude, I'm an electronics technician and the more I, I'm my excuse to my wife as to why my, our house isn't automated is because the more I learn about technology, the less I trust it. Right. I'm with, I'm with I don't like my phone listening to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. It won't listen to me if I come up with a song idea mid drive. You know what I'm saying? It won't listen to that and dictate it. I have to do that while I'm still driving down. Uh, I yeah. admit to that, but well, Hey, Elon <laughs> Musk is working towards that, man. We're going to, we're going to be able to think of, and it's going to, Pull it up on our phone soon. I just know it. And, that, and that's the day that I get rid of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the day that you'll never eat at a restaurant again because they'll be like, oh, you don't have the QR code for the menu. Oh, <laughs> what a world. What a time to be alive. It's, well, uh, give us a little backstory on just where you, where you came from and how you got to this point. I mean, I, I know a little bit about you just from just kind of bullshitting and... and you seem like you got a pretty interesting story, so I mean, let's let's hear it. Well, I got an interesting story. Everybody's got an interesting yeah. story as long as they know how to tell it. Yeah, right. I guess you're right. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> my I, we started out in small town America. Me and my bassist Kevin Lawrence, uh, 
we started out as friends long ago. We've been friends since, uh, we've known each other since elementary school, but uh, became good friends in high school and decided we were going to start a band together. And then college came about, and uh, I joined the military. Uh, just ended up not happening for a while. Then we got back in touch with one another and decided, hey, I've got several hundred songs written by this point. There's got to be something in here. Let's start playing around. And so gradually we built up a band. And like you said earlier, you know, we brought you in on a, trying to see about adding a second guitarist. While it didn't work out for either one of us, it still was a good experience yeah. and everything yeah. and learning how to do it and try to really figure out who we were as a band and come to find out we're a four piece. Yeah. And that's just how we are. Right. And now. that's, that's the thing is, is a lot of people when it, when you're going through the audition process and when I was younger, I took things personally that I shouldn't have, but that's just part of learning how to, how it works. <clears throat> and it's like, once you reach a certain point, you realize it's not personal. You're trying to, you're trying to make something, stand out amongst a sea of other stuff that it, you know if it doesn't work out it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean you burn that bridge you know what i mean well, like I, it, exactly we've remained friends and sure everything. and that's and that's one thing that i i like to pride myself about is you may not be a member of my band but if i if we become friends or i know you i really try to help out your music career sure the best way i can here's a gig i know where you can find a gig here, this trying to what's the term I'm value for value well, value yeah, for that's value what but that's what we use yeah <laughs> what do you call it when people uh when you get people together it's called uh collaboration a, not no, that's colla yeah that, that would be more of like if you're making stuff networking together. is oh, the term. networking okay. networking yeah. is the term <laughs> that i'm using for here and uh i like i like the fact that musicians are small group of people who were really tight some of them are hard to get into you get into those circles they're hard to get into but once you're in there you know yeah it's everybody really looks out for one another and it's a good thing yeah a lot of bands have their own world their own people but like you said it's like if you're able to a lot of it just comes down to being fucking polite and and respectful and because even at the local level and in the few bands i've been in the little experience i've had is there there are massive assholes even at the small scale oh, and, absolutely. and people that always have another agenda and, and you know it's just it's, and some of them have put on a pretty good a pretty good fake smile you know oh yeah they'll stab you in the back no oh yeah. yeah and it's oh yeah like uh what i was telling them a long time ago like i work at uh, i worked at live nation and and we'd, we'd put on shows at the Fillmore auditorium in denver and some of these band people, like some of them were total dicks. Oh, like, yeah. They they required certain things. They'd be like, "Oh well, I need to have my person go get me this particular item, and I need it at my door at this time before the show." This like, many dude, you're playing before. a Waffle House at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Why are you making requests? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, like you know, it's like it's. I mean, I mean, three thousand five hundred people. You oh, know, oh, you know, I'm talking about the Fillmore, oh, but okay, but okay. I'm, I'm talking about the Fillmore Auditorium, but like. <laughs> But yeah, but they they'd be like upstairs in in this little like room that's like the main band. They have their own little room, and then all the other bands have like this lower area that they all have to be in. And so people go and you know go back and forth in that other area. But the main band, they're up in like this little like little thing, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I need, I need like this candy." Uh, right before the show and I need it downstairs so then these runners that what they call runners uh, I don't know if you ever dealt with them but um, basically they're your people that uh, whenever you're bigger uh, in concerts that they go and do all your errands for you while you're there so so like Live Nation has paid runners that will go out and go to the store for you go to restaurants all that kind of stuff for you drug dealers yeah, yeah, sure. pretty much. Yeah, anything, anything you need, anything you need. I, I ain't going into what all they do, but they, but I've talked to those guys because, because uh, whenever you're doing the venue management stuff, you're, you're just out there talking to you know the the stagehands and all them, and then you you talk to the runners and, but you have to secure the building, so you're like, oh yeah, go through this door, do this, but, yeah, they, they'll 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 have some pretty crazy requests, but this one time this guy, uh, I think I'm motionless and white. Oh, I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, and so like the singer, 
got mad about something with the audience and somebody threw a beer at him and it rolled across the floor across the stage and all of us in the front like we all were like fuck and we look back and we see this like beard roll and he's like he's like oh you throw alcohol at me he's like fuck you and then he's like he's like these guys will fuck you up oh, and then and when he said that about us we all turn around and we're like dude man we'll let him kick your ass like we don't give a fuck <laughs> dude like you, you can talk shit all you want to your, the audience but if you piss them off they're they're they paid to be here. We ain't stopping you know? 3,000 people, bro. Yeah, like, I ain't stopping them from hurting you, dude. Like, if they want to fight you and you want to go out there and fight the audience, man, like, go ahead. <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't know what he, I don't know if he was on one that night, but, that, you know, they seem pretty, I mean, they play really well, but. Well, just, I'll tell you, the only thing that is in the GST rider is electricity. All you got to give us is electricity. <laughs> if you have electricity, we're good to go. With, 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 maybe with some acoustic work, you might not even need that. Oh, still, I like to, <laughs> still like to amplify that acoustic yeah. sound. It gives it a little more pop, you know, a little right. more clarity. And speaking of our sound, you know, that's one thing people like to ask if we're country, if we're rock. We're really neither. Uh, we're trying to establish a new kind of sound, which I've coined the term crunch i like kind of, kind of mixing our country background with the rock and roll background putting it together and see what comes out of it so it's really acoustic based just rock right really is what it well is. And, and it's funny you brought that up i was actually going to broach that topic because we talked about it uh during my process with y'all is, is at the time i guess tulsa labeled you as americana so i'm like when I heard that, I was thinking, you know, Tyler Childers, these acoustic guys, you know, and, and I was like, I don't know if it's that. But then I looked up Americana, the definition, and it encompasses this massive swath of everything from the Eagles to, you know, everything that encompasses, has an acoustic guitar in it on some level seems like it's in that genre. So well, you have to do something to stand out. You Tom know? Petty said just before he died that if he came out today, he would be Americana. I believe that. And he goes, and he was very adamant in that. He was like, I'd be Americana. Yep. Because I wouldn't be rock and roll, not what rock and roll is today. Because yeah. I'm Americana. Yeah, very much so. So, and then we're talking about one of my idols right there in the songwriting. He was a genius. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> we were actually, we went and ate a Cracker Barrel with my father-in-law. And they had that Tom Petty, uh, Damn the Torpedoes record, vinyl, in the gift shop. I almost bought it, but I just couldn't bring myself to be shopping at a Cracker Barrel gift shop. So, <laughs> you wouldn't buy a Tom Petty album at Cracker Barrel? I, I, I'll, I'll go across the highway that's a to story, Best Buy or something, like, man. I just like, can't do it. That's a song. Man, that's man. a really <laughs> nice album. Where'd you pick that up? Cracker Barrel. Cracker, Cracker Barrel. Barrel. <laughs> well, let's have one of yours, man. What do you want to put on first? You want to do PBR? Let's do PBR. I like it. This one won the Tulsa Music Awards Video of the Year. Situations 
That is a good song. I, 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 I would think if, if someone was to have heard what we just said going into that song, they'd hear that and say, well, that's country. And I'm, I'd say that's probably as, as country as y'all get. That's probably the most country sounding song. Because you sent me that one and Local Honey, and it was like two different bands almost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, you know, looking into it in the album, it really does go kind of song from song to song. And uh, like I said, there's no putting a fingerprint on where we exactly are in the music business. Yeah. From one minute, we, uh, excuse me, from one minute, we'll play rock and roll to PBR. Yeah. And without skipping a beat. Well, and, and, and if, in a live setting, you want to take people for that ride, you know? Yeah. And, and that's how we are. And that generally, you know, we're, the new stuff we're playing in our set is from the album we're re currently recording now. So what you're getting from us live are the things you're going to get from the next two albums, from cool. this album the next album. Well, any song that starts with living on cocaine is growl right by me. So where, where's the inspiration <laughs> for that song coming from, buddy? Well, it, <laughs> actually, different, different sources. They're all true individuals and real individuals. Whether or not it's uh, autobiographical or not is up for debate. But uh, it's, a, it's a mixture of individuals that I know in my life who reached mid-aged and decided that oh shit <laughs> what have i done with yeah. my life you know everything's gone to hell for my life and the next thing i know all i'm living on is cocaine pbr and diet cola cigarettes that's basically every bar in oklahoma city exactly <laughs> <laughs> and if oklahoma city if you're listening uh the views and uh, <laughs> the, the use of, uh, of uh, those things are uh, prohibited by the U.S. government. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but we when I wrote the song, it kind of just tied together. The song came together in about the same time that it runs. It just the lyrics came like that because I know the people that it's about. Nice. Well, I know in the video, it definitely takes all those caricatures of those people and it puts them all in one bar. And yep. it's entertaining, man. I mean, if you guys, if you guys go out and check it out, man, it, it won the Tulsa Music Video Award. I mean, that's it's that's something. So uh, and, and you know that, and people go back to talking about Tulsa. It's not just country music, and it's not Red Dirt, and it's not Americana. It's everything, and R and B, rap, all kinds of yeah. things coming out of Tulsa. So we were up against a lot of good competition in that. And I'm, and Tulsa yeah. doesn't differentiate, do they? As far as genres on on that's just the oh no, top that's video. that's top video. Nice. It's it was out of I don't know how many videos were submitted, but it goes through a process of voting and everything else. Then you end up being a finalist, and hmm. and last year it was supposed to be held at the Canes, the awards assembly, but thank you, COVID, mm. that didn't happen. Talking so. about the Canes, if you don't know about the Canes, it's a legendary. Yep legendary venue there in Tulsa it's Kane's Ballroom Kane's, Kane's Ballroom yeah. that's a nice joint well I mean it's it it's a legendary joint it's a legendary <laughs> joint it's one of, honestly it's one of the best places I've ever heard a concert in just ambiance of it and the acoustics of it it's it's hard to beat the Kane's Ballroom yeah that's cool man well what else you want to do you want to do another one well let's do another one let's I'll let you pick the next one, then we'll talk about it. I like Texas Sunburn. That's one. Of, that's the one you sent me to learn the licks to, so I'm, it definitely sticks out in my mind. So let's uh, let's do it. Let's do okay. Texas Sunburn. Talk about it afterward. The motivation for the words and lyrics. <laughs>
pretty good tune man wow appreciate it thank That's, you uh where'd the where'd the idea for that one come up <laughs> this one's an easy one to tell <laughs> it's another one that i wrote in a short amount of time uh was driving the family back we were on a cruise and driving back from galveston of course everybody in the car is asleep except for the driver and i'm sometimes <laughs> sometimes there too but uh i was headed up northbound i-35 and man the road just kept going dun, dun. You know how it goes. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's a beat. And by the about ten minutes later, I had it written out. Good lord, man. It's. I wish I wish words flew through my mind like that. I hear riffs in my mind. I always I always associate with the guitar. But that's that's awesome, man. For me, it's beats, it's melodies. Uh, You know, it could be just a word that somebody says that. I really like that. It's like we were talking earlier, and I'm like, hey, that sounds like a song, and good chance it is, and the next week it will be one. So. <laughs> I know Johnny Hollis, we had him in, and and uh, I said something. I said, somewhere between Tulsa and here. And he goes, that's a song. That's a song right there. I didn't think anything of it. And then last, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, my uncle passed away, and I was you know, just kind of hanging out the house, just strumming my guitar. These chords fell out. I sent those to him. He never, he didn't even respond. He just sent it to him. And then last week, he's like, uh, how are we looking for June? I said, we can get you back on in June. He's like, good, I'll have that song for you. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he's writing him a song. Like, you got a song out of somewhere between Tulsa and here? Like, that's a great man. Line. I don't know. I was going to steal it, but it's already gone. There we are. <laughs> that's that's the difference in in just thought processes right there. Two musicians, completely different. And it, it I mean, that's the great thing about music, man. Everybody brings their own special talents to the table and that's what you know, that's the great part about being a band versus a solo artist. I agree 100%. Is that if you can get in with a good bunch of people and you really clicking together, there's nothing better in the world, man, than for us, four guys sitting there and just jamming for a couple of hours, and it felt like 30 minutes went by. Yep. It's just, it fits like a hand in a glove. There's nothing, there's nothing that competes with that feeling. For me, anyway. 
Yeah. Other people find it in other ways, like running. Who in the hell finds enjoyment running? I don't know. But some people love running. I'll tell you what, man. The moment that I didn't ever have to run again and after the military, never did it again. I'm with man. you. I I'm said, never, I've never said again, the same man. thing. I, never again. I, I'll get on an elliptical, you know. I'm like, I won't even get it one bad. I'll, I'll <laughs> take a picture of one. But I, ain't I, but I haven't worked out in like maybe like a year and a half, two years, so like so far. Yeah, I told myself the moment that I got out that I'm never running again. Yeah. And I've had, unless I was chased by something, I don't recall when that was. Well, I, I never, had, I never understood it because I was inside the, I don't know which branch you, you know, were in, but uh, I was inside the Air Force and, um, and y'all ran in the Air Force. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, we we ran a lot actually. That was our no, that was our that was our that was actually our main requirement. Like really? it was running. They they apparently preferred us to be skinny and runners because my my uh, one of my uh, sergeants like because um, at the time I was an airman but like uh, and then I became a sergeant but uh, he big old dude uh, Bailey big old buff dude um, and and like he would lift every day in the gym right and he couldn't pass the run test because he couldn't because like he was so heavy he couldn't he couldn't run and um, and so like they, they couldn't give him waivers they were trying to kick him out and we were all like Dude, if you were in a foxhole, like this is how we defended him to the commander. We were like, if you were in a foxhole, who the hell would you rather? This skinny dude right here that can run a, a ten minute mile and a half, or this dude that can actually lift you up and carry you out of the foxhole? And the and the, the commander was like, yeah, you guys got a point. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll just write up some paperwork and give him a pass. Like, and so that's what he did. So he just wrote up some stuff to give this dude a an out because it was like he's he's healthy, he's fit, he just can't pass your test well that was me in the army it was here i am six foot six 250 260 pounds i'm way over this weight limit but i'm solid muscle at that point so we had to tape out every time i could run the miles i could do the push-ups i could do everything else but i was just a big old boy i can't imagine you at 260 pounds i was 290 when i played football so you you're you're what are you now i'm 220 somewhere in there I, I got up to almost 290, and I'm down to about 230 now. And man, it's it's a big difference. It is. It's a huge difference on your bones, man. Yeah, just well, yeah, carrying it. I mean, you feel it, but um, the way people approach you is also different. Oh yeah. <laughs> people are never never going to tell you you're fat to your face, well, but when they see you skinny, oh, you look great. Yeah. You look great. Yeah. <laughs> People are just what was it? Uh, I was watching Tom Segura last night, and he said, "He said, man, I just want to lose weight so then I can make fun of fat people again." <laughs> and he's like, "I'm not making fun of myself." He's like, "You know, like because because you you make a joke to somebody and be like, like yeah, you know that fat fuck over there," and they'd be like, "That dude's skinnier than you. You might want to look like him." <laughs> like, you know but oh yeah, I found that out. People won't tell you if they're you're. Fat to their, oh, no. you know, to your face. Well, if you're over six foot and two ninety, nobody's gonna say a whole lot to your face. No, they're, they're not. They're not. Uh, but uh, it's it's now different. Once you lose the weight, it's 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 significant. It's significant. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely significant. Let's. Well, let's, what do you want to do? You want to do one more? And let's do one more and talk some, about some more stuff. Get some promo going. Let's let's do some free. free. Free? I think you sent me that one too when I was. Got the 
good song man that's the longest song on the album did you guys uh oh no it's not it's the second long it's one of the longer ones though and it's seems like it, it had maybe a little extra a uh, third core a third verse in there maybe third verse that, somewhere in there we kind of extended it out on there i like it it's a it's an interesting one it came the, the backstory on that song is it came from me saying to one of my kids they were like well it's free and I try to teach my kids there's nothing in this world in, the, in this world for free. Yeah, it's there's always a catch to it somewhere, or somebody's paying for it somewhere. So I appreciate it if you do get it for free somewhere that somebody paid for it. So that's exactly where that song came from. Was it's another one of those things you hear a word or you hear a line or you say a phrase and you're like, yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, I mean, as simple as it is and, and direct, it's it works. Yeah. It's true, <laughs> and it's true. Uh, I mean. But it, it also goes along, if you can tell, that's that's one of the crunch songs that's kind of intermixing the country with the rock. Yeah, it had a little more overdrive to it, a little more growl. I liked it. I mean, it works. It's for that song, though. I mean, uh, a line like, ain't nothing in this world for free is pretty, uh, there ain't no fat on that. No. <laughs> and, you know, and in that song, uh, I'll let people take whatever they want away from that song. But for me, the song is about love. Love, you find heartache, you can find prosperity in, you can find all kinds of things in. But even love isn't for free. Yeah. There's a uh -huh. cost to it. Uh -huh. And so that's where that song goes to, you know. Uh, you know, there's complete communication breakdown here. There's nothing left for you to deceive in me. Got hmm. the feeling like we're going downhill. There ain't nothing in this world for free. Well, uh, I like it. it. I, didn't, uh, I, did not, I didn't put those two together on that as far as a relationship goes, but uh, that's... That's cool. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> well, let's dive in some other stuff. Well, hey, man. Well, I mean, I'm kind of, I kind of like the the Tulsa mu the Oklahoma music talk, man. As far as the connections to the Tulsa music, a lot of people don't understand that 
I mean, one of the biggest artists ever has quite the Tulsa roots in Eric Clapton. And, and I, I always love Bonnie Bramlett. To me, I mean, any white girl that can sing the any black, any girl that can sing the blues with that that deep gospel kind of soul. Yeah, I, I, I love it. And she, she's one of the ones, it's weird how I learned about her through the show Roseanne when I was a kid. She was on there and she sang uh, uh, Roll On Down on that show. Hmm. And uh, I, I just loved it. And ever since then, I've kind of, I went back into her, like she was a legit artist, a legit singer. And, and she, she was surrounded by those, Eric Clapton. J.J. Kale, Leon Russell, all these guys. People don't realize how rich the history is. Oh, Tulsa's rich, man. And very few people know of all the big-time musicians that flowed through Tulsa, either early on in their careers or at the height of their careers. You had George Harrison living in Tulsa. Now, I didn't know that. I never you knew had, that. You had Eric Clapton. You had, well, I say living in Tulsa. He was there right. quite a bit. Eric Clapton. You had... Charlie Daniels, like, you know, we're going from one spectrum to the other. Yeah, yeah. You also have the Gap Band. You dropped a bomb on me, baby. Oh, wow. They're from Tulsa. <laughs> you know, Gap stands for Greenwood, Archer, and Pine, which is a district in oh, Tulsa. I did not know that, man. Yeah. You're lacing me up here. Shit. Yeah, there we go. You know, uh, <laughs> then, you know, you start talking about country artists. Look at country. Most of the huge superstars in country music came from Oklahoma. Yeah. Or are still here. Toby are, Keith's right up the road. Yeah. yeah. And Blake Shelton yeah. keeps his home down here. You know, Garth used to live here. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Uh, originally Yukon, isn't he? Well, uh, I think he claims about 15 different places <laughs> in Oklahoma, depending on where How many is. water towers can we put my name exactly. on? Exactly. <laughs> that kind of that kind of encapsulates Garth in a... It's, Garth is his own marketing yeah. machine. My my friend was like, uh, she was down in Texas, and um, she she ran into this like foreign dude that was from like the Middle East or something, and he was like, he goes, he goes, oh, where are you from? And she said, Yukon. He goes, he goes, oh, I love Garth Brooks. I love Garth Brooks. Like, Garth it's like Brooks. Thunder Rose. <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> Garth Brooks is famous on that like Michael Jackson level yeah. famous. Like, there's famous, and then there's like. There's only a few people in that. That's Mike, for Mike Tyson's in that world, like it just instantly recognizable. Well, it's you know, it's those people where all you need's one name, Garth. Yeah, everybody knows who you're talking about with Garth, with yeah. Tyson, Tyson. And you know exactly who you're talking about. Once you're in that, once you're in that level of stardom, yeah. there's no coming back. There's right? no real world for you anymore. No, there isn't. Yeah, and that's what I've always said about. People say, why don't older musicians write the good music like they used to? Motivate. They're not hungry. Well, I don't, I don't think it's that. I think they're still hungry. I think that there comes a point to where you've lost touch with reality. Because yeah. once you get into that big stardom, you're not in the real world anymore. Yeah. And you had all of those years before that that you were actually taking in life, whether it be from hard work or watching others struggle watching yourself struggle, it doesn't matter. You were seeing that, you were experiencing it firsthand. Well, if you if you could become big six, eight years into your career, you've lost touch with that. I've said the same thing about Bruce Springsteen. Love Bruce Springsteen's work. But after the mid eighties it was he he, yeah. he had lost he had lost that reality that well, they say the same thing about rappers. You know, like a lot of rappers they uh they they'll rap about what their current world is and people where it'd be like, well, I don't understand why they aren't running about gangster rap no more. It's like they're not gangsters anymore. <laughs> like they're not yeah. dealing drugs anymore. They don't have to. Corporate you know? execs at that I mean, point. Yeah. In that world too, if you try to dip your toes in the the street life and the music life, man, the body count in the rap game is just. I mean, well, when that's all, I mean, that's mainly what gangster rap's about. You know, is the violence in the hood and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, and and that's what got them famous. And then they start writing about like the good life you know that they're living now and it's like you should be happy for them that yeah. they you know got that way but and rock and roll live. was the same way rock and roll started out as music from the street and then it really born out of the blues really and then it developed and by the time that the 80s came around with the hair it just got so extreme and plastic that it collapsed under its own weight i think that's where rap is right now yeah it's so fake and so show everything's a big show that it's it's about to experience its grunge movement i think mm -hmm. and knock it completely down 
I think everything happens like Every, that. Everything comes in cycles. Everything comes in cycles. And I think older music is starting to come back, especially when you look at the Americana and you go listen to the Americana. Americana blew up on Nashville and L.A. They didn't expect Americana. and Which is I, odd that Nashville was caught off guard. Well, the thing is, is and I was told this by many executives when we were... Uh, doing our last album and putting it out there and we were talking we had some several groups out of la that was working with us on this album and they were like you're americana i'm like what's americana i've never heard of americana you know we're pushing you as americana okay well tell me more about americana and when they started talking about it it blew up so huge that nashville was behind the curve on it wow so then they went trying to snag up all these americana artists and start getting into the game on that and how do I want to say this in a way that Nashville's not just country music anymore. Yeah. The entire music industry has really gravitated towards Nashville. You got rockers in there, you've got rappers, you got Kid Rock, wherever he fits in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> rocker, rapper, whatever on that one. You got them all there in Nashville now. But it took Nashville off guard big time. And well, I mean, there's a there's a style of songwriting that you get out of Nashville too, and it's across all the genres, but it is a Nashville style. Like if I hear a band from Nashville, I can tell that this band is from Nashville or the, the Tennessee surrounding area. It's there's a certain style to it, and it's like L.A. rock. When you hear a band from the Sunset Strip, you know it's a band from the Sunset Strip, and it's hard to put your finger on exactly, but it just is. I don't know. Well, that you know, it's like. Nashville's got this algorithm now that they've got pat down and it's the same song to me packaged over and over and over by a different artist. Yeah. And that sells and it's selling well and that's Nashville's little thing that they got going. And I'm not going to knock it for people whoever that's their thing. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I want to hear I want to hear some soul. Well, and that's one of my biggest things is I'll, I'll listen to the finished product the the reverbed up and all this faders everything's mastered and it's crisp that's great take that guy and put him on a stool with an acoustic guitar and a mic now i want to hear the version of that song how it came out that's exactly in the writing room and that's exactly where we are you know people are like man this album's a little rough you know that's supposed to be it's supposed rough. to be yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like my music perfect i don't you know my vocals i'm really laid back vocally I don't really challenge myself to hit high ranges or anything like that because that's just how my music's written. It's in a laid back. I'm not going to be out there, you know, screaming at you on stage or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more or less going to lull you into a, a trance in a way is I want you just to become enveloped in the song to let the songs become what you are, you know, what you want to make of them and not be out there without an identity at the same time. Yeah. It's, we know where we're going with it. We want to bring it to you. Hopefully you like it. That's, that's kind of my take too, uh, from just a guitar player perspective is the same thing. Like the, those, the shred guys, like I can respect that being on the beat precision, super fast. That's great. But at the end of the day, I, I still would prefer like a sloppy Jimmy page solo in the <laughs> middle of, Stairway to Heaven or whatever, you yeah. know, and, and over a lot of the shred stuff because there's just something about just that having that blues feel. You're, you're just, you know, a little lazy on that backbeat, you know. I like that better. That speaks to me more than the ultra precision stuff. I like them both. I respect both of them. But it's, if, I'm, if I'm going for what I'm listening to tonight, I'm going to go on that side. Yeah. And that's where we, you know, we really, we don't want to ever be refined. I mean, that's just not in our character to be refined. We want to be real. You know, we want to be able for you to listen to us on the CD and you come out to a live show, like you said, and us sound good. Whether yeah. we're doing it acoustic or whether we're doing a full set, we want to be the same sounds consistently from finished product to stage. And so we try our best to do that. So as far as like your your gig setup, I mean, is with COVID kind of releasing now, you guys have anything coming up down the pipe or are you still kind of moving uh, chess pieces around there? We're moving chess pieces around a little bit because everybody got vacations planned now since yeah. COVID hit, so yeah. summer break and everybody else on there. And so we're, we're kind of working it in, but we're playing a, a 
festival called Pig Fest in two weeks. Cool. It's there in Wellston. It's a it's a private event right at the moment, but uh, they're test running it to make it a bigger event in the future. Uh, hopefully, you know, if people cooperate, you know. Uh, yeah, that's been a, that's been a, a heated discussion on here from time to time. It's it's just one of them deals, you, you know. know if people will cooperate. It could be a great thing, but uh, we're playing it in two weeks, and we got some other areas that we're interested in that we haven't haven't uh, really committed to yet just because we don't know what's going to go on or where we're at or at it. Do you have any, um, I don't know how, let me see just how to say this, like um, did you see any numbers increase or anything from the result of winning the award for the video or i mean how are you guys marketed well, as far as like you have listeners across the country like where's the hot spots the hot spots are is actually around the world oh uh, wow uh i remember one day getting a report back from apple for itunes and we had something like six thousand plays in taiwan huh i'm like taiwan who there's six thousand people in taiwan uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was just like, what in the heck was it? You know, yeah. who in the heck in time? They must have it on repeat or yeah, something. Yeah. And, like, and, and why, why, you know, why, why just a random band or, you know, unless they actually searched you out. And... It is, it's, it's really weird. And I was told this early in the stage from uh, David Teagarden, who we talked about earlier. He goes, make sure people know you're from Oklahoma. No matter what you do, make sure people know you're from Oklahoma. And of course, we're very proud Oklahomans in the first place, and there was no way that I wouldn't. There was no way I was going to let anybody know I wasn't from Oklahoma. But he goes, people. He goes, especially Europeans. They love Oklahoma music. And I kind of thought about it in a bit because we live on Route 66. Route 66 goes right through my town. Well, every year during the spring, summer, and fall months, you got tons of tourists coming in from Europe who that's all they want to do. Is take Route 66 from Chicago to L.A. and they'll rent motorcycles and everything else and go down. Man. So they stop in. And the number one place that they look for, most of them look forward to on that whole entire journey is seeing Oklahoma. And it's, I asked one time, why is that? And they wanted to see cowboys and Indians. <laughs> dude, I worked with a dude from New York one time. When he first got here from New York, he wanted to go to Oklahoma City down in Bricktown. I'm like, why? He goes, Where's the the Indians? I'm like, the Indians have reservations and casinos. <laughs> what do you mean? Where's the Indian? He thought they they still had like walked around in like traditional garb. Oh yeah, and they had teepees. I'm and like, everything. no, yeah. dude, yeah, no, yeah. Whenever whenever I got in the military, <laughs> like they were like, they're like, so like, is the, is it really hard like sleeping in like a like a tent like a teepee? And I was I was like, what? And they were like, I was like, you you mean like a teepee? And I was like, well. I've never slept in a, a teepee in my life. I don't know that I've ever seen an actual. Yeah, one. like I'm like I, I saw one in a museum at a, at an Indian museum. Like, well, that's out where I'm from was Kickapoo tribe, and and they always had, you know, the sh the shows and stuff. You could go and check that stuff out on their their reservation and whatnot, and it was open to the public. But I'm like, no, dude, they don't they don't even ride horses down the interstate and shit. You That's know, not how this works. No, they'll drive a Chevy faster than you can. Trust me on that. I, I say that I'm part Native American, so I can. I, can, I, I think if that. you go back on enough on everybody, you're going to find some something of something in everybody. Honestly, that is just funny though. They're like, "Want to see cowboys and Indians?" Well, you're sitting here talking to one. <laughs> you like what you see? You like what you have? you like it? Would you like me to put some feathers on for you to complete your experience? Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that journey with them. They can go, they can go over to the next door. That's cool, man. It's but, funny that, I mean, yeah, of all, I didn't know that. I didn't know Oklahoma was a sought out spot. But one thing a lot of people don't understand is one, the, the talent pool. And, uh, you know, the only thing I tell people is Oklahoma, you don't have a sunset strip. You don't have a Beale street. You don't have a, a hub, but if you want to seek out songwriters that can break your heart in three chords or less, Oklahoma's the place to seek them out. And that's where we are, and that's why I like to say that our music's simple. And it's very simple in the fact that 
I stayed true to, I heard this quote from a very well, one of the best songwriters to ever hit Nashville. His name was Harlan Howard. Had strings of number one hits. But the thing he said was, the only thing you need to write a hit song with are three chords and the truth. And I've kind of stuck to that my whole entire life was don't overcomplicate the music. Yeah, we can make a song that's eight minutes long and we can go into 15 different guitar solos during the middle of it and whatever we want to do. But I'm into that two, between two and a half minute to four minute mark. There's your song and that's how we are. Anything after that's repetition. Everything after that's repetition and I'm finding, finding trouble finding words for at that point. I like it. And as Johnny Cash said, if I feel like my song's done, my song's done. Yep. Whether it's two minutes or four minutes. I like it. It's good philosophy to have, man. You got any promotional stuff you want to plug for us or um, well, upcoming gigs? Yeah. I mean, besides the, the pig fest or whatever you got coming up? Well, I would like to say that if you're ever interested in band and if you like what you hear, you know, look us up on uh, Facebook at Gypsy Store Troubadours or gsttheband.com. We got a website there you can find information on. Uh, outside of that, you know, we're really looking forward to COVID going away and opening up all of these venues and getting to play. Man, we are too. I mean, that's that's the main motivation for us starting this whole podcast was out of starvation of live entertainment. Yeah. Really. I mean, that's, that's the brainchild of it. Well, what you got going on here, you know, is really great. This is what local artists need, and you feel a need in that. And that's a great thing. It's like what we talked about earlier about networking. We need areas to go like this. We need people out there listening to things like that, finding newer artists to go find. Yeah. Well, and it's good that it, it, there's a thing, it, I, and it's affected me too, is this an overabundance of options. It can be It can be to the point we have so many options, you just put the phone away or you, you just fucking turn it off. I'm, it's it's your, your brain's fried. So and when we started this, we had the idea like, okay, we want to do a podcast. Oh, that's... Good for you. <laughs> so does, what, three million other people as last we seen. So what are we going to do that's got a little bit difference, you know? And I figured, I don't really give a shit about becoming a national thing. If it, if it takes all, that's great. But the local scene, you start looking around Oklahoma artists. John Moreland, out of Tulsa. Mm. I, I listened to his song, or his album, Tulsa Heat, and I'm like, where the fuck has this guy been? You know, yeah. like, why is it, why don't people know about this guy? And that's when I, I was like, and I started doing the backlog, looking at all the Oklahoma connections, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Oklahoma is, it should be where it's at, you would think. Yeah. And I guess in a way it is, but it's hush-hush. Well, hush, well it's interesting. <laughs> we were talking earlier about all the big talent that's come out of Oklahoma. Did you ever go see Blake Shelton at a venue before he got big? Mm-mm. Did you ever see Garth Brooks at a venue before you got big? No, but I mean, I was like a baby. <laughs> I guess so too, but what I'm trying to say is, is Oklahoma doesn't really support the live scene like it should. All these people that have grown out of it, that weren't in the Tulsa or the Oklahoma City metro area, like the Flaming Lips and all of them, mm -hmm. they've had to move out. They've had to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And most of them moved towards Nashville and became very, very popular. It's actually what my uh, my friend that's a DJ, that's what she's about to do. She's about to move back to New York because she's like, there's no drum and bass scene in Oklahoma City. I can't make money here. Yep. And so she's leaving. And it's actually kind of sad because it's like, you know, but she's like, I'm too old to build a scene. It's like, that's that's up to the young younger crowd to do that. You See, know? and that's where, where we're finding it difficult. Where we're building a scene with this new music that we're trying to make because we're not going to show up at a Red Dirt Festival and play that and people are going to be happy, you know? I think you could get by. I'd probably get by. It's a nice hour set. We like to put on a fun set. That's there the one thing we like to do is we want to have fun. We want to take you on a roller coaster ride from the first song to the last song, tell you some stories in between, maybe bullshit with you in the middle. We'll get drunk together on stage. We don't care. Let's have fun. And you say you wouldn't fit in at a Red Dirt Festival? Well, <laughs> that's Red Dirt. Well, you know. <laughs> behavior right what, there. What? <laughs> that's Red Dirt behavior. <laughs> well, you know, it's a lot of behavior out of all of it. I'm just saying on the Red Dirt end is I'm not going to sit there and sing you a song about some... Oh, yeah, tractors, you know, my, trucks. And... You know, my, my lyrics never have gravitated towards that way. I've got a few songs out there that are very descriptive in nature. 
But I like to write songs where you get to fill in the blanks. I like what, that. What does yeah. it mean to you? Like we were just talking earlier about a song, and you are like, oh, I didn't even put that together. Well, the song means something different to me than it will you. And that's how my music wants to come across, or how I want it to come across, is you find out what you want to do with that song. You may want to disregard it. It doesn't not any good, don't like that song, or you may take it like the song Rebels in Bloom that's on this album. It's it's one of my more descriptive songs. It uh it's just well, I kinda lost my train of thought. No, nice segue. Hell let's play it. Yeah. Play it. Rebels in Bloom. Let's do it. a good closer i like that on that note clayton thank you for being with us man well thank you all for having me guys if you want to check out they got an album out now called small town sounds and they're in the studio now i believe right that's correct all right 
Sounds good, man. Jonathan, take us out. All right. Uh, the local earshot podcast runs on the value for value system that is time, talent, and treasure. We value your time for listening. And um, as for talent, if you are in a band or if you are in the music industry, we like to hear you. Um, you know, come out and just talk to you about music and about your story and the industry uh, and everything going on currently. Because after COVID, you know, it's been pretty crazy. So, uh, but things are opening back up, so it's actually really good. Uh, treasure. So we uh, have a donation page. It's localearshot.com backslash donate. Uh, we take crypto and we also take um, PayPal uh, and Bitmo and Cash App. So uh, if you want to donate, you can do that. Uh, anything that's over $5 uh, we'll read on the air. If you want to do like a band shout out or just some bands that we need to check out, uh, you can definitely uh, just email me at john at localearshot.com. And so, yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Gypsy Store Troubadours. Check them out.